0: On the All-American Dream podcast, we are a team of title experts on a mission to provide valuable and tangible advice that will help you grow into the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. This kind of growth takes time and effort, but we're here for the long haul and ready to put in the work. Are you? On today's podcast, we have the lovely Brit and Adam Sullivan with Fox Homes. They started their career working with investors with an emphasis on renovations. This knowledge has allowed them to offer value added real estate experience for their clients today they share with us what they have learned through their experience and important factors to consider before investing in real estate welcome guys thank you so much for being on our podcast today yeah thank you absolutely well, yeah, thanks thank for having you guys us. so let's just dive right into the questions here so real estate investing looks different for every single person and so can you share with us what investment strategy strategies look like for you guys and what factors like determine on what properties to invest
1: in yeah so um maybe a little bit of a backstory, just how we like kind of started um would just be i started actually looking for ways to kind of get out of the traditional job and the traditional workload so really it out kinda, of
0: corporate america out of mm. corporate
1: america so Britt and i actually both were in um corporate sales um so i sold medical software and you sold a bunch of different things yeah um, i was in
2: the cpg industry so in sales marketing Yeah, Yeah.
1: okay. Consumer product goods for those that don't know. (laughs) I didn't know what that meant. Um, So for me, it it was just a way to break out of that world. And what happened was, I was actually recruited by a small medical software company. um, And I thought it was just going to be this lateral move. And then they kinda of told me like, hey, we're looking for a sales guy sales guy to grow our business because we're gonna sell it and we're willing to give you a piece of the equity. And I was like, okay, well that's different than just taking another job, mm-hmm. you know, and grinding away. Cause I really wanted to get out it. So it was a lucrative field, but it just it went against everything I value. I was traveling all the time and you know, we were about to build a family, get um, all that. And I yeah, just that's I tough. wanted I wanted mm-hmm. to escape kind of that that grind. So long story short, we ended up selling the business and I got a chunk of equity, not not like a ton by any means, but it was enough to be like, okay, I can try to locate and start to do something different. So randomly one day when um, I was just calling a college friend that got into real estate investing, and I just called them just to check in and we just started chatting and it just kind of led to talking about real estate and using the money that I got from that company to deploy into an asset and try this whole real estate investing thing. I knew nothing. I truly knew nothing about anything real estate um so for me real estate investing kind of started off as i'll do whatever i just want to i want to try something different um which started with a single family flip
0: so sorry to interrupt but so what did you do to me not knowing anything and then you just went in and started practicing it or did you like I mean, I don't know if Barnes and Noble has like investing for dummies, but yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. or did you have like your friend that was your mentor that you just kept on like calling or how to, if like someone's brand new into this, what did you do yeah. to kind help? of learn the incidents? Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, so that's a good question. Um, and that was, for me, I'm a, I am ai was kind of a risk averse. Like I was willing to take some risk provided it was calculated. So I wanted to partner, so I partnered with him on a deal. So he became kind of a mentor. He started in, gosh, 2009, and he was just a guy that was always, I'm never gonna be corporate, I'm never gonna answer to anybody, I'm gonna pay my own way. Um,
0: And started at a tough time. Yeah, in Mm -hmm. 2009
1: when everyone was kind of getting out, that's when he started doing flips, and it's now evolved to student, student housing developments, senior living developments, he's doing land plays. I mean, he's wow. definitely more big time than me. <laughs> um, but I wanted, to, at the time, he was doing single family flips, so I just I wanted to partner with him. And the agreement was, and this is a great way for anybody to get started, is um, I brought the capital, and I was willing to do the hustle. Um, he was gonna be the mentor. Um, so he came up to my market, which is a little bit different, because he knew his market we started looking at properties and just kind of followed a formula that he used to be successful. And we just started going. Um, There really was no plan, there was really no, hey, we're gonna try to get to 20 units or anything like that. It was just let's start with a single family flip. So you can learn construction, you can learn working with contractors, you can learn the numbers of real estate, and then scale from there, wherever that goes.
0: Were you also in the trenches of doing some of the construction within the flip? At, at first, I mean, I know now not as much, or?
1: Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great question. I, I feel like in the social media world that we're in, I think this is the one thing that people don't ever talk about, is investing in real estate is not like picking up a mutual fund in a stock. It requires a lot more work. At the time, I knew nothing about construction. A contractor could walk all over me, and they did. And they did. They flat out just walked all over me. Um that's where it was it was helpful to have a mentor, but at the same time, I did the project management um so i didn't I, I wasn't handsy like I didn't know how to do anything um so I went out just interviewed contractors, we created a bid we tried to get um them to agree to our pricing and then I managed them and it went horrible <laughs> we made mo- <laughs> we made money i mean it's a, the kind of the beauty of real estate at the time is, is it, if it's going up, the market can kind of bail you out but I think when it comes to flipping, so we're talking about like what type of investments, yeah. when it comes to flipping, if you're gonna look at it like on a returns metric, like what, what percentage of return am I going to get? I think it's important that you have to decide that, do you want this to be passive? Where you are gonna hire a general contractor and they're gonna do the management of the, uh, all the materials, all the contractors, they're gonna drop the plans, they're gonna pull the permits. Um, you really, really have to figure that out. So to answer your question, I know it's a long, uh, response to your question. <laughs> it's great. I didn't do any of the construction, but I did all the management. You're going to pay for that in some way or another, whether it's your time, money to hire a general contractor to do it for you. So it's really important to underwrite that in your numbers because a lot of people say they made, we made $50,000 on this flip and it really was a project manager that didn't pay themselves. You managed mm-hmm. it. You, had a, you have a job. You don't have an investment. You have a job, which is fine. So like for contractors, for instance, it's a way to guarantee their subcontractors work and just go to the next one, go to the next one. But like they they present this, oh, I made 60 grand in profit. It's a little bit, uh, yeah. how do you say? Um,
0: Exaggerated. <laughs> BS. <right>? Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> no, you didn't.
0: <laughs> so then I have another question just yeah. out of, I know I'm going off questions here, but that's, all good. um, is how do you know then? So like, if I want to do this right for myself and then how do I know what, cause I actually c- curious about this all the time when I get bids for like, for example, our air conditioner went out and like someone came out and they gave me this and I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Like mm-hmm. it's that much. And then I like got two more bids and it was, but how do you know not to get walked all over or how do you know what is right? Cause like, what is the right, I don't know what the right price is of knocking down a wall. Oh, you know that's not my expertise so how did you is it just kind of trial by error along that too but what would your suggestion be on how to continue to get more bids or ensure you're getting a fair price for everything right. too
1: yeah so like on a you know whether it's just your personal house or an investment your power is in getting bids um but my power at the time too was also running this by somebody that kind of knew that world the challenge was he he was in springfield missouri of all places and i'm in um Milwaukee at the time, and now we're in the Twin Cities. Labor's much higher here than it was there. And we got burned on some projects mm-hmm. where we're underwriting numbers a little bit higher than his Missouri labor rates. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, really the power is in just getting bids. But now with social media, there's groups on, on Facebook. There's um, one good one that if you're interested in this, that I'll, I'll drop a name, Millennial Investors Real Estate Group. People ask each other questions about that all the time and give contractor referrals. So it's because of social media, because of the internet, people are starting to talk about. Does this seem like a fair price? And people are willing to answer those questions. So that, and you know, working with a realtor that understands this world and has done it, um, now I can pass that off to clients and mm-hmm. share my knowledge literally on the spot.
0: Have you um, now with inflation and th- seeing things differently over the past few months and like. Well, not a few months, but like, you know, a few years is like things require more money. Have you noticed a difference in that? And have you seen a slowdown for people wanting to invest into properties because of that? Or are you even, have you guys even been timid of being like, you know, we're, let's, I don't know if we should do that. Let's just say we always start with a budget, right? We've never stayed on budget. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care like, how
2: detailed we get, like it's always going to go over. Something's always going to happen and you have to be prepared for that. And where are you going to cut back in that project, right? To make up for some of those costs.
0: A good expectation to have for yourself when going into real estate investing, right? right that you understand that your budget most likely is never mm-hmm. going to be. So if you don't, have to have a little rainy day fund or a little give and take right yeah i mean that
1: should be part of in general i think your underwriting is just always having an emergency fund of some kind and everyone's got their opinions on how much is enough but yeah to brit's point i think my last 10 projects i had one that i think in total that came in on budget um and i and i know this like down to the dollars per foot <laughs> of what these contractors are charging it's just when you're doing what's called value add real estate renovation type real estate which is the type of Real estate investing that I look for, um, and the reason why I look for that is you can recycle your capital quicker because if you can stretch the appreciation by improving the property, you can refinance and pull some of your money back out and go do it again. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not like we're sitting on millions of dollars of cash where we can just be like, oh, we're gonna buy a portfolio of this." And, mm-hmm. No, we're not. We're not. We're, like I said, we're not those big times. So yeah, it's a it's a revolving, and with you know COVID and some of the lumber prices and all that stuff changing right, it. Right, it, That's, you know, working with somebody that understands this world, that's doing projects in this world continuously, and that's partly why we continue to renovate properties, is we can bring them that competence to um, being an agent for people. Um, because most people want to buy a house and fix it up, and we can tell them what the going rate is of the pricing today, and then our partnership with Fox Realty, they're, they're a general contractor. We can network with them as well, so. What a
0: great value add. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm.
3: So diving in a little more to that value add real estate, what does that specific process look like? So once you've found the property that you want to invest in, do you just start renovating right away? Do you rent it out for a little bit? Does it look different for every property or what is that process? Good good
0: question, Grace. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... I would say my, my wife here, she, I'm stealing the show from her, but mm-hmm. she's the one that actually, <laughs> I will say she typically, when we're talking single family investments, because real estate investing is so broad. I mean, there's a whole, right. wor- whole world of commercial and all these different assets. There's single yes. family, there's a 10 plex, there's, you know, buying and holding and you're not doing any improvements. So it, we are value add, primarily focused on single family housing, but I think it starts with her finding properties.
2: Yes, I would say I probably spend 20 to 30 minutes every single day looking at houses for what we're looking for, but I also apply that to our clients. You know, even if they're not looking for a fixer upper, but understanding the criteria that someone's really wanting to have. And also we can see or I can see value adds or, you know, um, certain streets. I mean, Minnesota is very, Minneapolis is very street specific. So um, looking over the right property at the right price where we know we can get a higher price after we renovate it. So we've written off our site unseen because we know the specific home type that works for us when it comes to renovations.
1: And then when we find a look, or she sends me a property and I just know right away that's, yep, that's going to work. Like certain neighborhoods, I just know immediately um, yeah, I try to hit the ground running. So the way it works is I don't buy these properties cash. I use bank financing to help me with both the purchase and the renovation. Um, so when you've got debt on a property, which is great because you can use leverage and um, a bank te- technically owns most of the property, but you get to make all the decisions on it. So that's the power of real estate. Um, I wanna hit the ground running because the, the you know the uh, interest is running right away, insurance is running right away, um, taxes are running, right away. So during when we locate a property, find it, get it under contract, I immediately create a plan. Um, And I'll do all those myself. So again, that's kind of the project management that you would normally pay a general contractor for. Fortunately, I have that experience now that I know what layout I want, what's going to sell in this neighborhood. So day one, yeah, usually within the first week or two, we're doing demo. That's awesome. Because you
3: can just, yeah, like you said, hit the ground running. And those gears, I'm sure, are already turning before you even put yep. an offer in on the house. Right. You already kind of mm-hmm. know what you want to do with
0: it. Yep. So how long is then the turnaround time, would you say, averagely when, you, when you're when you doing this?
1: So my renovation um, is different. And so we're talking different levels of flips here now. So like I said, real estate's very broad, yeah. right? <laughs> like my single family flip, for instance, um, is not the first time home buyer flip. We, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm usually the step up buyer or somebody that's maybe call it an older millennial that's coming into a higher paying job that wants a brand new house. But okay. So that's my flip. And then there's the, the million dollar flip, which we've done before too, um, did not go well. Um, so the turnaround time for that is predicated upon the type of renovation and we're usually opening up entire kitchen, you know, gutting bathrooms, um, cosmetically changing everything. There might be siding, roof, windows, that we're all changing. On average, I'm between 12 to 18 weeks.
0: It um, always goes over.
1: Yeah. They will
0: always go I actually over, yeah. thought that was a 12, I mean, I think, yeah. like that's, 12. Probably, yeah, that sounds pretty 12 speedy 12 is like me.
1: everything went very, very well. Um, and we're on the market within uh, that 12 weeks. And then we, you know, we sell it hopefully first couple of weeks in this last couple of years, you know, you could sell it right away, which was great, but right, right. Uh, in a normal market, you know, average turnaround time for a project like my renovation, six months, if you're doing carpet paint, you know, changing some cosmetics. You might be able to get that done in like eight, or eight to 10 weeks.
2: If you're very organized.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're brand new, just add two months of holding, <laughs> holding <laughs> costs and see if it works for your numbers.
0: So when someone is getting into investing or for yourself, I've so a lot of, we've gotten a lot of opinions on this and so I would like to hear yours, is yeah. a lot of people say like, I've we've interviewed some people and they've said it takes 15 to 20 years to start making money. On real estate investment. Now, obviously, we're now specifically talking for you guys, the single family. Um, we've heard that. Oh, nope. You need to do the short term, and you know. And so, what would your suggestion be? Because I, I do believe I think a lot of people are misunderstood when wanting to get into real estate investing. And I'm not trying to say to anyone do not do it, but I think people, because of HGTV, like think it's much easier. I think that they think also people can do it themselves because YouTube and all of that great stuff. And yeah. then they think they, they're they going to, you know, sell the home and make a bunch of like money and then ride off into the sky, which if there is <laughs> something like there, let's, let's do it. But I don't think it's that easy. And so um, tell me in your guys's opinion, what does that look like? And what do you think an expectation, a real, real realistic expectation is? I think it just depends on the timing, right? Like
2: right now, the numbers don't make a lot of sense when we look at deals, there aren't many deals, right? Um, so we are kind of dabbling into where we are in Naples right now building a short-term rental. We'll see if we even do it. Maybe we do something else with it. Um, it changes and looking at land to build something else for a short-term, but it's very saturated short-term rentals are. So I think that's why we like it though. It's a big umbrella. You could do so many different things. Um, I wouldn't say I'm super excited about flipping another house, but we'll certainly do it if the numbers make sense. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I would encourage people to think about where you're at currently and where you're gonna be at and what you want to be as far as a real estate investor. There is what's called active real estate investing, which is flipping value added stuff where I am doing some of the project management. You can try to make that more passive if you're like a W2 employee and you just don't have time, you got a family, you don't have time to manage that where you buy it and you use a contractor that's hopefully good and can manage the whole project for you and you're a little bit more hands off, but you're still gonna have to make decisions about the property. So you need to decide, there's three things that I think bigger pockets guys, um, it's a podcast, so if you get guys, guys don't know, I'm sure people know, but um, time, hustle, and money, um, you gotta have, three of those things. And if you're only bringing one or two of those things and you gotta find a way to find those other two. Um, So you need to decide what type of investor you wanna be. Do you have the the extra time to potentially manage a rehab? Um, If your goal is to build capital quicker, cash, um, then you need to pick probably more active real estate investing or like kinda what Britt was mentioning that we starting to delve into is short-term rentals because the cash flow is typically higher, but it comes at a cost. You're gonna now have hospitality business. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not the same. So you need to kind of decide what type of investor you're going to be. To answer your question, about you make it in 10 to 15 years, that's typically more the buy and hold investor because we've had, what, 14 to 15 years of almost a bull run market here and appreciation took over. And that's where people made their biggest jumps in net worth, um, especially these last two years everyone looked mm-hmm. like a genius in real estate investing because the market's <laughs> up 35%. Yes. A lot of people are not geniuses and they overpaid and in principle. Um, so your, your biggest money, especially in a market like the Twin Cities, it's kind of like a hybrid market. It's not like, it's not like a Las Vegas, it's not like parts of Florida where it's just like really up and down and you can make a lot of money really quick. Um, it's kind of like in between that and a stable market you can lose money quick, but you can also like make money quick, but it's not like those aggressive markets. You um, will probably make, if you're buying and holding onto property, the majority of your net worth in that 10 to 15 year period, because it's on appreciation. Um, but if you're a person that's like, I need the money now, well then you're gonna become more of an active real estate investor. Um, versus a long-term investor, I don't know if that answers kind of your question, but you have you really have to think about your circumstances and what type of investor you can be or afford to be, or you have the time to be, um, and that's where it just talks to people, talk to people that have done all of it, so they can kind of help guide you on where that, you know, where that would be for you.
0: A hundred percent. I also appreciate you asking or giving insight on the Twin Cities market because I was going to ask that too. Is what does this look like compared to? Because I see a lot on social media at least that like lot of people are doing Florida like a lot of people are, yeah. and so I'm like okay it's obviously healthier but how I mean are we in a good stance if yeah. you wanted to be an investor here in the twin cities or not you know so I appreciate you highlighting yeah. that mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's historically not like a amazing cash flow market like they talk about cash flow like if you're trying to free up your w-2 income and be so that you have the choice to work um then you're looking for cash flow and then there's neighborhoods within Minneapolis or St. Paul that higher cash flow, but they don't appreciate as well. And we yeah. probably know why. Yeah. Um, and then there, is, so you really have to work with somebody that knows this market and understands the type of return that you're looking for. And is that realistic? Um, so that's where I would encourage people to either find a mentor or kind of explore that or start to educate yourself on that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'll be honest, I mean, we've done flips where you walk away with, Ten or fifteen grand only, and you spent all that time
0: because.
1: Yeah, in my mind, that's a loss. That's a loss. I I was
0: gonna say, is that
1: worth it? Because that doesn't
0: your time. And and that was
1: those are the early flips when, like I said, I had a partner that was up here, and we're kind of creating budgets, and you know, that was a new world. That now I'm in a completely different area. Like, like I turn away deals left and right because I know it's not gonna work, or the layout's gonna be weird for this price point, and it's just knowing that kind of thing through experience.
2: And once in a while, you might get a home run. Yeah. 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 So So
3: there are a lot of different investment opportunities out there with like stocks and retirement accounts. So can you kind of talk about the difference between that versus the investment with real estate investment? Because when I was looking around on your website, I read your most recent blog about the four different ways that real estate investing can pay you Mm -hmm. and you guys used an acronym to kind of describe those four different ways so can you dive a little bit deeper into that
1: yeah well thanks for checking out the website yeah it's (laughs) a really Um, great
3: website so for our listeners go check it out thank
1: (laughs) you that's all my wife so i'm stealing the show because of the investment (laughs) numbers but she's all the she's all the brains and the genius behind all of our marketing so thanks for that um, yeah, so the acronym PACT is kind of what I came came up with: um, principal, pay down, appreciation, cash flow, and tax benefits. Um, so you buy a stock or in a mutual fund, you really don't touch it. You let it hopefully grow. They promise you hopefully seven to ten percent on average over the return. It sits there. That's fine. Um, you can crush that with real estate investing. Um, but again, depends upon what type of real estate investor you're gonna be. Are you just gonna be someone that provides capital, basically on mm-hmm. a loan? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna be, I'm gonna buy a rental property just to let some of my money sit, not in a bank account, and I'll just put 20% down and just let it ride and hope the is gonna cash flow. So that this acronym helps kind of break it down to how real estate is different. You have principal pay down, and that's, again, the benefit of real estate is that you can use debt on a property. And I know that goes against Dave Ramsey's theory that yeah. debt equals risk. There is good debt and very calculated risk. I can talk about his story too if we wanted to, but... Um,
0: that will be part two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Smart debt. You don't want to be over leveraged. But in theory, you're. let's call it a rental property. You're buying a property. The debt is getting paid off by the rent um, that the tenants are providing you. And this is um, one of the benefits of real estate. Again, a bank is giving you the majority of the money to buy the property and you have the decision to do what you want on that property. So principal pay down. Then there's the appreciation, of the property over time. Historically, mm-hmm. real estate is one of the best vehicles for assets to uh, appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have cash flow. So this is that kind of a combination of principal pay down. But after the principal pay down and the mortgage, maintenance, capital expenditure fixes. That's another thing that people like to say, I'm cash flowing $1,000. Your cash flow is not your rent minus your mortgage. Yeah. There will be maintenance calls. There will be- um, The
0: furnace is gonna go out.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So people again project that they're crushing it in cash flow, but it is a benefit of real estate. You do have cash flow, excess money left behind after all those things are accounted for. And then there's tax benefits. This
0: is the best.
1: Yeah. So this is where like, if you're a W-2 or a high income earner, even buying a property or two, the, like the deal might make sense for you because you have such high tax bills as a W-2 uh, per person, or maybe you are self-employed and it's high income. You get a lot of benefits to buying real estate. Um, the United States tax code is written that way for a reason because investing in properties helps the economy. P- higher property taxes help pay for cities to improve things, uh, better schools, so you get tax breaks on that. Yeah. Uh, so those are like the four ways that are, I guess, a little bit different than you know just picking up a stock or picking up crypto or whatever you want to get yeah. into. So,
0: <laughs> so now you guys have because this is the unique things about you guys, right? Because you have all this value and knowledge that you can bring to your clients. So are you, like, I guess, would you mind sharing like a story or something that you've taken with this knowledge and used it to bring value to your clients?
1: I'll let Britt take this one first.
0: Sure. <laughs> um,
2: you know, we. I feel like we do, I can say, we do a lot more work versus probably your typical Asians that's just buying and selling, and that's okay, but we wanna help educate everyone with our experience. So some people walk or come to us just saying, we wanna renovate, it's like, okay, great, but do you really know the numbers, right? Um, and we'll take that on we'll walk them through renovations and people start to realize i don't want to take that on i don't want to wait a year for this project to be done Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot more that goes into renovating like where are you going to live during that time as a client um, who wants to pick up a renovation if you're going to plan to live in it and it's not an investment but you are living there Um, really figuring out people's goals and then showing them move and ready and all the different options so we're everything under one umbrella which i like so Adam and I can't draw out design plans for people, but that's why we teamed up with Fox Homes. We have the design team, right? We have the decor shop, we have the construction team, we have the agents. So it's something for everybody, which I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't end up renovating, that's okay. Come to us down the road if you wanna renovate. Right. Um, Still knowing that that resource is there. Yeah, and I think that's very limited in the Twin Cities. Um, It's always one or the other. You're an agent, you help people buy and sell or you're just an investor, but I think it's so cool that all of us can do everything Mm -hmm. if you really wanted that. Mm -hmm. That answers the question.
1: And for me, I kind of went against the grain. I I started as an investor and then became a realtor because I saw that the value that you could add knowing housing down to its literal bones um, and helping just a traditional buyer and seller on the spot, I can tell people, here's what you're going to pay. Here's the type of contractor you want to hire for this. Here's the type of window this is. You know? Well,
0: and then the nice part is is like, so if you are helping with someone and you kind of said this earlier, like you can look at something and be like, yep, nope, that's going to be great or not. And if right. you understand your client's needs, yeah. you, you know, you gather that first and then right. might not be great for you guys, but it might be great for them. Or you'll be able to be like calling them and saying, hey, so and so this is, you know, right. Not good for you, but I can, you know, this might be great for them. So right. you should look at this property.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so like for me, it was. I, I honestly, once COVID hit, like that's, that's when I was like, maybe I'll just pick up my license because I had too many acquaintance friends like, Hey, I need help or thinking about buying a house and renovating it. And I just need someone's eye. We were just getting those questions all the time. So it's like our, our flipping our before and after, you know, the sexy photos mm-hmm. became our marketing and people were asking us. So like, well, this just makes sense. And now I'm actually busier just being a realtor. Um, and that's like, that's 90 some percent of our business right now. Um, and just, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. yeah, so just using, I just don't see any drawbacks to an agent renovating a property or going through those things because you bring so much competence to the transaction and in a very emotional transaction, when you know you're negotiating now inspection items, mm-hmm. like we were the last couple of years. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I know how to negotiate those items because I know what they cost. And like, or you can tell someone in this neighborhood at this price, this is undervalued. And you put ten grand into here, this is going to be worth fifty. You're just going to make forty grand on your money. Like stuff like that. Just it, it, it really helps bring, um, I guess, clarity and competence to the real estate transaction.
0: So now I have a personal question because, so my husband this morning, I was telling him that we were doing this podcast and he was like, Lizzie, this could have been us. We could have been a husband and wife (laughs) real estate team. He says it all the time. And I'm always like, I would kill you. (laughs) Um, I love you, but I would kill you. Um, So you guys wear like many hats, right? Like you, husband and wife team, investors, I know mom and dad, how do you manage your time and how do you manage it all? Because... I would like that I, I would like to know I need I need like tips and tricks, please. I would say there's many moments of chaos, but there's
2: m- more moments of greatness, if that makes sense, as far as, you know, we can get away on a weekday and go to the beach together as a family. Yeah. and but there's also many seasons where it's like, oh my gosh, how are we doing this? But it's not to the point where we're like so, so stressed. I mean, looking back on my career, corporate world, I got in that plane when my baby was three months old. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. And that's when I knew, you know, I'm going to quit my job. He quit his job. We were like, let's try this whole real estate flipping thing. And
0: it was stressful i was gonna say how like exciting but also such a risk and oh, yeah. like terrifying I think he couldn't
2: sleep i'm more like yeah we'll figure it out it's all good <laughs> it'll work and out in the end yeah we'll just pop out a few babies and <laughs> do everything you're not supposed to do as far as you know the stages of life but it does work out and i wouldn't change a thing um you know, there's days where I'm like, oh, I have it all together, but I don't. You just, you know, as parents, you don't, yeah. and and it's okay. Yeah, and it's messy, and but it's so great. And now that they're older, it's like this is going to get easier. We can take on more work now yeah. as a couple because we do take team a lot. We try to go to listings together, but he's kind of the guy on the ground. I'm the person doing the marketing behind the scenes, the listing work. Um, so we're really working together, right. but we have fights too. We're not <laughs> going <laughs> to fake it. Very
1: all right, all right. stressful moments. <laughs> yeah. I think it just, you know, again, it comes down to, you know, everyone kind of generically speaks to like, figure out your why. Um, I think that's, I think that's great advice. Um, but for us, you know, we could probably be doing a lot more. We could probably be doing people like, oh, I have 400 units and all this kind of stuff. But number one, is that real? But number two, it, what does it take to get to that point? And is it at the expense of what you value? For us, you know, we're very family oriented. We're we really want to spend time with our kids we chose not to do um you know we chose not to do daycare until they get to school so mm-hmm. until we get to school mm-hmm. we'll free up some more time so you know we we just choose to live a little bit more humbly we live under our means and that provides us opportunity then to say okay well we can spend more time as a family mm-hmm. um, but when we're you know spring market and everyone's busy and you know minnesota real estate takes off i'm finishing a flip yeah i mean there there are days it's just like wow like i just put in a very very long day but then there are the other days where um i don't really have a lot to do you know it's like (laughs) truly i mean i I guess i'll take i guess i'll take the day off and go to the beach um so it just kind of depends what type of investor you want to be um and you know, speaking with somebody that says, okay, just think about this before you take this on because you're going to have to spend some time here. Um, you know, there's just, it's just so broad. You really have to kind of decide what do you value and then build it around that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finding that balance because that'll look different for everyone. Absolutely,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. So.
3: So what advice do you guys have for other agents in the industry, whether that's about balance or about investing or flipping or anything?
2: I would say to take on one renovation project as an agent so you can better speak to your clients and realize how simple housing really is, but so complicated to really know construction, to get the contractors that you trust and like, Mm -hmm. to get the right team of people. Um, It's very stressful and it will break you a little bit, but I think that's good for agents to understand and it's not just about writing a contract, um, just educating yourself on houses and, diving deep into just at least one, maybe do 10 if you really want some stress, but (laughs) you know, that would be my advice because anyone, it's so easy to get into real estate. I feel like to get your license, but to renovate a house and to do all the work it's, it will break you and make you better.
0: Yeah. I love
1: that. You stole mine. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As you know, as an agent, um, our job is to manage expectations more than anything else. I feel like, and I feel like competency in a transaction is more than just opening up a door, signing a contract, negotiating some inspection items, handing it off to title, and see a closing. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think realtors try to make it sometimes way more complicated than it is because we're self-employed people, we wanna make ourselves probably try to feel sometimes more important. <laughs> it's extreme, but it, it is. I mean, you think about this, you're working with a buyer that's, that's trying to find their home um, it's emotional to them, to them. So, it's the
0: biggest transaction of their life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So I, I don't make light of that. And I, that's where I saying, and Britt nailed it. You, you need to provide competence. And to me, starting with a flip or some type of renovation project brought competence. And I think that's a really missing piece in the realtor world. Mm-hmm. There, there are realtors that help people buy houses that don't own a house. And I'm not saying you can't do that. Um, There's room for everybody, Um, but knowing housing and truly knowing um, what buyers and sellers care about as it relates to housing, and usually it means making it their own, it's extremely important. So whether that's education, following somebody, partnering with somebody on a deal, I do think it's very, very important that in some capacity you learn construction, you learn the numbers and the jargon of real estate um, by following certain podcasts, but there's just no better way than experience. So, um, practicing
0: what you preach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: and I know we've t- highlighted on the amazing website, but Thank where you. can people find you guys? You can find us at adamandbrithomes.com
2: or mostly Instagram at adamandbrithomes. Awesome. thank you so much guys.
1: are so valuable.. This is great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the All American Dream Podcast. We hope you loved it as much as we did. For more content, please follow us on Instagram at all American Dream Podcast. We look forward to chatting with you soon.